This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode four what, what? of the In Between podcast, where you will hear conversations on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel Im. And I'm Christina Im. Well, today we are going to be talking about slowing down life. Mm, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> slowing down life in light of kids, you know, there are a lot of extracurriculars. There's always that pressure to keep up with the Joneses and, you know, keep the minivan running. So really, we're just going to talk about all things slowing down. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about this topic because I know it's something that our family has gone through from starting off like really, really, really busy to now I feel like coming on the other side of it and having the room to be spontaneous to say, yeah, actually, we don't have anything in our schedule today. Let's go on a quick trip or yeah, we'll come over for dinner. It's wonderful. Yeah. Just like we talked about in episode three, when we were talking about Mm in-laws, one of the points that we made was just that expectation. You know, what were your expectations? What were your normals growing up? What was... Your, what was it like? You know, what, what did you see your parents' relationship with their in-laws be? And in the same way, when it comes to slowing down and setting a pace for your family, a lot of times thinking about your normals and how you grew up really does affect that. Mm-hmm. So I know when we first had kids, I mean, Christina, you almost, I mean, you did burn out as a high school student. Yes, I did twice, actually. Yeah, so. I was always feeling like I needed to do more. And I remember actually feeling anxious when I would see spaces in my planner of like, oh, from eight to nine, I have this, but I don't have anything from like nine to 9.30. And then from 9.30 to 10.30, I need to be here. So I need to kind of find something Mm. between, you know, that nine to 9.30 to fill it in or else I felt like I was a failure or I could be doing more or, you know, I'm superwoman. I can do it all. So let me prove that I can. Yeah. So experiences like that. I mean, no one should be burning out in high school. No, definitely not. <laughs> not even once. Uh, but once again, I mean, it's it's those experiences that we had. I mean, even for me, I had a t- my parents had a ton of extracurriculars for me. Mm-hmm. Violin, hockey, taekwondo, uh, just and then, you know, I added breakdancing and a lot of other things that I wanted to do on top of that. Right. But it's just it's that busy go, 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 go. So because that's how our childhoods were, I mean, we really wanted to put our kids in as many things as possible. Right. Because yes. we wanted to give them a head start, right? We every wanted to give them yeah, every opportunity and just, you know, kind of advance them forward and give them socialization, right? Set them up for success. Completely. And also I think our society has really, I don't know if it's spearheaded it, but definitely fed into that need of, I want to start my kids early. Mm. And so I remember talking to my mom about how we're putting our kids into swim lessons. And she's like, uh, they're six months. They don't need to learn how to swim. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But you know, they're going to be in a mommy and me class and whatnot. And she's like, why don't you just take them to the pool and play with them? You don't have to spend money (laughs) on taking them (laughs) to a class. And I was like, 
That's actually a pretty good point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the fact is our culture celebrates being busy, right? Mm -hmm. Productivity equals importance. Busyness equals significance in our culture's eyes. Now, not in God's eyes, Mm -hmm. but in our culture's eyes, that's what it looks like. So in this episode, we really want to give you some suggestions on how to make space in your calendar, right? How to slow down your life. So I recognized recently just how much I still need to work on this because um, occasionally every day my watch will beep. You know, I have an Apple watch and it'll actually say breathe. The breathe app will go on. and It reminds you to breathe. Yeah, it reminds me to breathe. And every time it comes up, I'm I'm always doing something else, right? I'm, I'm in a meeting or I'm driving or I'm going from here to there. So I always dismiss it. I'm like, I don't have time to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) This is the stupidest app ever. Uh, And what's funny about it is I just caught myself one time canceling it out. And I'm like, how do I not have time to breathe? Too busy to breathe. (laughs) Yeah. So I did a little bit of research into it. And there's a difference between shallow breathing and breathing deeply. Mm -hmm. And when you actually stop and for a minute, just kind of close your eyes, or even if you're not closing your eyes, you can do this while you're driving, right? And breathe from your gut, right? Breathe from kind of your inner, inner being, you know, the depth of your, your, (laughs) your diaphragm Mm -hmm. rather than just from your chest, Uh, If you just do that on a regular basis and what happens is it actually resets your system. It slows down your heartbeat. It lowers and stabilizes blood pressure and it releases toxin. Wow. I mean, just just from that, just from that. I mean, just try it right now. Right. Just during the episode while you're listening to it, put your hands on your stomach. Right. Let's both do it and Mm -hmm. breathe so that. Your hands on your so that your stomach goes out rather than your chest. Okay. Okay. So try to breathe from there. And then what you want to do, and I learned this in singing lessons, is you'd actually go from your stomach, and you can breathe out. <laughs> I didn't say breathe out. I was going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you, can, you, you actually breathe and extend your stomach as far as it can go, and then you bring that breath all the way up through your chest and then out your mouth. Right. So it's actually it's 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 like you're doing the wave with your body. Yeah. The body wave. Right. Right? And and that's that's what deep breathing is. And and I realized. okay, I don't think I do that very much because that felt really foreign to me. Yeah. But it but if you do that for like a minute or a couple minutes every day, it actually does reset your system and helps a ton. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something that I'm working on. I still skip the notifications here and there. But uh, <laughs> it's it's something that I realize I need to grow in. Oh, I like that app much better than my step one. It's like, okay, time to get moving now. I'm like, but I just want to sit here. Go, 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 go. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm taking time to slow down. <laughs> so for me, I realized that our family needed to slow down when our girls started full-time school. Mm. They had a lot of extracurriculars beforehand because, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, we need to get out of the house to, you know, kill some time. But when they were going to school full-time and then coming back home, and, I mean, they didn't have a lot of homework or anything, but it was still that daily grind of, okay, we need to make sure you're going to bed at a certain time, to wake up at a certain time. We have to make sure that, you know, all of these things get done. It didn't... I didn't have a lot of time to really just spend with them. Like, when do we have time to color? 
when do we have time to, you know, mommy, can you braid my hair in five different ways? I'm like, I don't have time to do that. And I felt that was really bringing a lot of anxiety into me. I read this article and a light bulb went off in my head. At that time, I was just feeling like I was always yelling at my kids. We had a newborn, two girls in full-time school. I was just losing it. And every time I would yell at them in the morning, like, let's go, let's go. We're going to be late, blah, 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 blah. And I just felt awful. And I read this article and it was saying, you know, maybe you feel like you're a bad parent right now because you're always yelling at your kids. But maybe it's actually that you're stressed. Mm. And that stress, Hmm. which is anxiety, can lead to anger. And that was like, oh my goodness, that was revolutionary. The fact that I'm like, oh, I'm not a bad parent. I just need space to be able to relax and to breathe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's super insightful. So when you realize that, what was your response? Did did you have to... Did you end up making any changes in light of that observation? Well, I was looking for opportunities that we could say no to things instead of always saying yes. So should we be joining Girl Scouts? There's nothing wrong with Girl Scouts. I'm not saying that at all. But at that time... I love that- their cookies. <laughs> exactly. And all these versions of them. Yes, exactly. Those coconut samosas or whatever. Oh, oh my goodness. Excellent. I'm, I'm a peppermint chocolate kind of guy. so Very true. <laughs> you are. You do love your peppermint and chocolate. Yes, I do. But we've had opportunities that even in our neighborhood, people asking us, and they're wonderful people, and they're our friends, and realizing, okay, if I say yes to this, that's taking away from something else. Mm. Or that's adding more onto my plate that I can't do right now. And so we've had to learn to say no. Even to good things, we've had to learn to say no. Yeah, exactly. Because every yes is a... It has to be a no to something else. And every no today is actually, it can be a yes to something better later on, mm-hmm. right? It does, it, it makes room in that way and you can flip it around. So in light of all that, I mean, I, I know, Christina, you were talking about this this moment when you realized uh, that that you actually were so booked up in your in your extracurricular, in the after school, during the day schedule with the kids that, I mean, you were taking appointments a month in advance for play dates. I know. Right? People would be like, hey, do you want to get together? And I like scroll through my phone. I'm like, yeah, um, how about in a month and a half? And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, get in line, woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Zipping your hair back. <laughs> no, no, not You at need all. to go to my assistant. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It was just, like I said, we had issues saying no to things. And so when you say yes to everything, you literally do not have a minute to think. Yeah, so the rest of this podcast, we're really going to be sharing some thoughts and insights and principles that maybe you and your spouse can take and 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 adapt or take as is or kind of just see what your right rhythm is. The last thing that we want to do on this episode is to try to impose our rhythm onto your family. Exactly. Because our rhythm changes too. We've yeah. had some really bu- busy seasons in our life just because of travel or different things. And then there's other seasons where, like for example, right now where it just seems a little bit more easygoing. And that's not to say that one is necessarily better than the other. It's just realizing that there's an ebb and flow to life. Yeah. And the season concept is such an important concept because your kids 
I mean, parenting them when they are very needy, like a newborn, mm -hmm. is different than parenting them when they're a three-year-old, a five-year-old, ten-year-old, and onwards, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they need us differently, yes. right? So even Victoria, who is doing piano, mm -hmm. I mean, Adeline, our second, I mean, Victoria's eight, and Adeline is almost seven, mm -hmm. and they were both doing piano. We actually stopped Adeline in piano because we just sensed that she wasn't ready. Right. She yes. wasn't ready for that commitment yet. Uh, but for Victoria, she's kind of getting at that point where she can begin to practice on her own. Mm -hmm. Whereas up until this point for over a year, it's been one of us sitting by her. It's taken a lot of time and a lot of patience, a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. Right. So as we share these principles, really think about the season that you're in. Uh, if, if you are in an incredibly busy season or an incredibly not busy season, mm -hmm. it, it might be different next season or as your kids get a little bit older or or as as different things begin to change. Maybe you're an empty nester. Right. And or you're about to become an empty nester mm -hmm. and, and everything is about to change uh, right then. So really think about it in the sense of seasons. So the first thing that I wanted to say here is just the whole concept of being unbusy. Now, Eugene Peterson is an, is an author, and in the book, The Contemplative Pastor, he wrote this, and it just really stood out to me. He said, I am unbusy. I will correct people anytime that they say I'm busy. And, and this, is, this is actually yeah. something that, that he was actively working against because a lot of times people would say, oh, I know you're so busy. I'm not going to take much time or, or, oh, you must be so busy. And, and what happens is if I don't stop that, mm -hmm. it really strokes my ego. Right. Yes, because like, I, well, well, you I mean, are kind of busy. I am know? busy. Yeah, I am yeah. busy, but I don't want to. I don't want to perpetuate that. Right. I don't want to accept that. I want to have room in my calendar. I want to have breathing space. And you want to have that time to listen to each person's, you know, question or feedback. Exactly. Like any time that I am going from meeting to meeting without having a five to 10 minute break in between, I just feel so rushed and mm -hmm. I feel like I can't give people the, the right amount of time and attention because my brain is still rushing from my previous meeting or processing what's happening in the previous meeting that I can't be fully attentive right now. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I actually try to do is, is anytime someone says I'm so busy is that I try to stop them or I try to say, no, it's okay. I mean, I would love to talk with you mm -hmm. or anytime, anytime someone wants to talk to me about one of my books or, you know, something about work or I was like, yeah, I, I'd love to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And I might be busy, but I don't put that first right? because I don't want to put my self-worth in that. Mm -hmm. And how validating for the person. Because mm. I know that sometimes I say like, oh, I know you're so busy, just almost giving them a way out yeah. to be like, I don't actually want to talk to you. So yeah, yeah, I'm actually really busy. So maybe you have, maybe I'll give you like 10 seconds. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to try to say my question really fast. Yeah, right? Yeah, so exactly. if they're like, no, I have time for you. We're like, you have time for little old me? Yeah. <laughs> well, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> little old me? <laughs> no. Well, along the same lines, Daniel, as you were saying about learning how to be unbusy, I've really had to learn that. And one of the things that really, really helped me for the first year that we moved into our new house is I had this little five by seven frame in our kitchen where I spend a lot of the time and it said, it's okay to be happy with a calm life. Mm. And I would wake up every morning making my coffee and be like, okay, 
it's okay to be happy with not having every moment scheduled. Yeah. Okay. And it was like validating for me saying this, this new pace for you, I know it feels foreign, but it's okay. Mm. And that's something that maybe you don't have that sign in your kitchen, but as you're listening to this, maybe you're doing the dishes or you're rushing around trying to get um, children ready for school or packing lunch. Let me just say, it's okay to be happy with a calm life. Mm. I, we are giving you permission. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. To slow down. Yeah, and and what's really interesting about this entire concept is you could have a packed schedule Mm -hmm. and feel unbusy. You can have a packed schedule and have a calm life. Mm -hmm. You can have a packed schedule going from this thing to the next and have this calmness and this peace because... Being unbusy, being calm, being, you know, slowing down is, is really a result of resting, mm-hmm. right? It's a result of resting. It's a result of this inner state of just being rested and having your soul at peace. Mm-hmm. So for Christians, we have this thing called the Sabbath that helps us learn how to unplug. It helps us learn how to not see ourselves as the center of the universe, Mm -hmm. not see ourselves as our own personal saviors or the ones that are going to kind of fully get everything done. And if something doesn't get done, it's fully our fault, right? It's just, it's just letting go. Yeah. Letting go of control. Exactly. So, so once a week on, and and sometimes it's Sundays, sometimes it's Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the day matters as much as this practice of, of just letting go and actually doing what gives you life. Yes. Right. So for us, it's it's worshiping with our community, worshiping mm-hmm. with our church. Uh, it's it's going out to lunch with friends. It's taking a nap. Right. It's it's having some one on one time <laughs> with each other while the kids are having their nap. <laughs> right. It's it's about really connecting and not doing what you have to do, mm-hmm. but doing what you want to do. Yeah, that's a huge difference. And I know that might sound like a small shift, but in actual practice of being able to do things that, you know, give you life instead of finishing them and being drained is different. So for example, I know this is really funny that we try not to go grocery shopping on Sunday Mm -hmm. because grocery shopping or any sort of shopping for Daniel is like, he'd rather give blood than Uh, have to do that. Other than Costco. Exactly. But, and that was, I was going to say, 
But going to Costco? Oh, man, oh my I goodness. Love it. That is like life giving for him. I, I, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the one who goes to shopping. Like, okay, I'll go buy, you know, our maple syrup and our crackers or whatnot. And Daniel will take the kids around and grab all the samples. I love you so grab much for letting me do that. One for me, you know, <laughs> extra in the cart. And then he'll go and take the kids to the book section and yeah. they'll read books. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's literally for the last eight years. Yeah. Victoria is even on our my Costco card exactly <laughs> as a little infant because it's just something that that gives me life right mm-hmm. so and I love how you shared that because you might think well shopping is shopping isn't it and and I know there are some people who think of the Sabbath as being this oh it's this religious thing that where where there's this list of do's and this list of don'ts but what's really neat as Christians is that Jesus asks if man is made for the Sabbath or if Sabbath is made for the man. Mm-hmm. Right. It's this whole idea of, hey, it's not about this religious duty that you need to adhere to. But keeping the Sabbath is actually freeing. It it's is. actually restful. It's actually right. rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it's it's just such a neat it's just such a neat discipline that we get mm-hmm. to practice mm-hmm. that we've had to learn how to practice over the years. Exactly. And I was going to say that. Yes, I'm going to say a disclaimer for those who have never like taken a Sabbath or time away. This is going to be hard. Yeah. It is not going to be. I know everyone's like, oh, this will be great. It is really, really difficult because I think our brains automatically go to, you know, I'm having fun. I'm doing this. But uh, my duties at home, like maybe the laundry needs to be folded or else then I have to do it the next day mm-hmm. or, you know, everything's piling up on me and you're feeling maybe even guilty for taking this time for yourself and for your family. But I think the more you do it, the more that you stick with it, you'll see the results. Yeah. And having a Sabbath actually requires you to be extra intentional the other six days. Mm-hmm. That's right. True. So it means even if I don't want to mow the lawn Saturday or vacuum the house or, mm-hmm. or go grocery shopping, you know, or doing all these things. And, and, and even though I have a two day weekend, it's about intentionally doing stuff on days when you know, on, on the other six days so that you can freely rest, so that you can freely enjoy. And what you're actually going to notice as you begin to, as, as we hope that you would practice, and, and whether you're a Christian or not, it's something that we would love to challenge you with, mm-hmm. right? In, in, in trying to fit all your work into the six days and really rest and enjoy your family and enjoy one another and enjoy God's creation and, and enjoy community, enjoy all the things. I mean, everything beautiful about this world mm-hmm. uh, is a result of, I mean, it's actually a gift that God has given us, right? That God wants us to enjoy. Yes. And speaking of being intentional, I think sometimes, at least to me, it almost sounds like, okay, then my six days have to be packed and have to get everything done because, you know, my week is not seven days, it's actually six days. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that, you know, be intentional about saying yes to things during your six days. I mean, obviously there are responsibilities that no matter what we have to do. And then there's other things, for example, extracurriculars, 
where maybe there's some seasons where you decide, nope, we're not going to do any sports this season. For example, all our kids decided we're not going to do gymnastics this semester. They've been doing it for a year and a half. They've really enjoyed it, but they wanted to try something new. Mm -hmm. However, they didn't know what they wanted to do. So instead of us signing, okay, let's try um, soccer this time or swimming or badminton or whatnot, we decided, you know what? Let's take this time to really think about it. Mm -hmm. And instead, we're going to send you outdoors. Every day you're going to play outdoors and you're going to enjoy the fresh air and the snow and now probably the mud and be able to use your creativity that way outdoors. And then later on, maybe later on in the spring, when they think, hey, I actually really want to try this thing. Like, okay, let's look at our calendars. Let's look how much space we have. And if it's a yes, then let's do it. We'd be happy to sign them up for that. Exactly. And and f- extracurriculars don't always have to be done by someone else. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, for example, I've really, really wanted our kids to learn how to code. Mm-hmm. I mean, for work at work, I work with a lot of developers. And I mean, it's just such a important skill. And I, I just really want them to know how to do that. Now, I don't know how to code. I don't know how to code. Right? And, and I don't. And, and I mean, it's expensive to send our kids to multiple extracurriculars mm-hmm. and, you know, coordinating time and schedule and all that stuff. So we actually bought a book and I am learning how to code with them learning how to code mm-hmm. as well. And it's pretty fun because the kids are actually saying, hey, I want to I want to code. When when's the next time that we can code? And and one day I hope to do a iPhone app with them. Oh, that would be so fun. Right? Just not not to really go and sell and make millions of dollars, really. But really for the end goal of, hey, it's just something we're going to do together. Mm-hmm. It's something we can learn together that daddy's not an expert in, but something that we can grow together in and spend time together with. I think that's amazing, too. And the fact that you're saying, hey, I'm not an expert in this. So we're going to be able to learn together. Um, so another example is our kids wanted to take art classes. Mm-hmm. And we are looking at first the financial um, aspect of it. And second, well, you know what? We don't necessarily have time to do this with everything else. So we were at a used bookstore and I was flipping through different things and I came across a book about teaching kids um, art. And I was looking through it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. It mm. is quality stuff. We're going to have to put um, some of these links to the books in the show yeah, notes because yeah, yeah. we want to so, share this with you. And, and just go to inbetween.org backslash episode four and you'll get the show notes, the link to that book as well. Because mm-hmm. that book that you're mentioning has actually been recommended. It's it's an amazing book to teach kids and adults. I mean, you're learning. Yes, I'm learning too. Mm-hmm. And it's helping us see the world in a different way as well. Yeah. So you mentioned, Christina, the idea of free play, Mm -hmm. right? This idea of free play. And honestly, (laughs) when I'm in charge of the kids, like when you go out with your friends and, you know, you do a girl's night or this or that. I mean, the last thing that I want to do is take them outside. (laughs) Uh, I just want to put a movie on or a TV show on and and just because I want to watch. (laughs) (laughs) You want to relax. Right. I want to relax. So oftentimes that's our default, right? Your kids are bored, so hand them your phone. Mm-hmm. Here's your, you know, here's the iPad or here's a tablet or do this or watch this show or or turn this on, and turn that. So, so why why did you bring up the idea of free play? Because it's so low tech, right? It's kind of, it, it kind of sounds very like yeah, it right? really does. Kind of granola. It, really, it, it kind of does. You know, right. it's crunchy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it wasn't before, but now yeah. you know, with well, society, it, it seems like it. Not not we're not saying that it is, no, but it it's just it, it sometimes seems like it. Mm-hmm. I. 
ran across this book at the library called Balanced and Barefoot. It's by Angela Hanscom. Don't worry, I'll uh, link it to the show notes as well. But I want to read a little bit of an excerpt from it. She's an occupational therapist. She's been working for many years, and she's seen how our society has changed, especially in children. So she says, active free play outdoors is kind of play that promotes healthy sensory and motor development in children. It is the antidote to your child spending hours sitting indoors and staring at screens and to you as a parent being too busy and overscheduled with kid activities to enjoy parenting. The outdoors awakens and rejuvenates the mind and engages all the senses at once. Mm. I don't know how the education system is where, you know, our listeners are at, but speaking from our education system, there's a lot of sitting down. Mm. There's not necessarily a lot of like iPad time and all of that, but there's a lot of sitting and listening and expecting to be repetition and remember and all of that. And that's actually a lot of overload for kids who really need to move around and be able to jump off of things and roll in the dirt and get dirty. And so what this occupational therapist is saying is really a lot of our issues are stemming from sitting down too much, being too lethargic, not being outdoors enough and getting fresh air. And realistically, if you're spending all your time driving your kids from one activity to the next or you running from one commitment to the other When do you have time to do that? You don't have time to do that at all. So the next time that, you know, Daniel, you feel like, I just want to turn on the iPad. Mm -hmm. May I encourage you and also our listeners to just send them outside? Without me? (laughs) Well, depending where you live, right? (laughs) Obviously. I mean, safety first. (laughs) That's true. No, that's really good. That's really good because I remember my childhood the hours upon hours upon hours, I would just imagine games and, mm-hmm. and just play. Just really, just I had this entire imaginary world that I'd I, that I'd create, or you know, I would have physical toys, but I would do a lot of toy, you know, or I'd go off with my sisters or with friends for a few hours. And I mean, that's just not what our kids are getting these days, right? And even my hesitation. <laughs> right when you said just send them outside my hesitation it, it, this idea of helicopter parenting right <laughs> this idea of oh but what if someone's gonna abduct them or what if something's gonna happen to them and and i mean our parents didn't feel that way about us and obviously we live in a different world today yes. yeah mm-hmm. i mean we we really do live in a different world today so so we're not endorsing you to <laughs> neglect your kids or just send them out and not observe them mm-hmm. but 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 um, what does it look like to actually do that with them Right. Mm -hmm. So not even go outside with them and let them play while you're on your phone or you're just sitting down, but actually go and play with them and engage with them in the senses, in the sandbox. Right. Playing imaginary games. I mean, just imagine the bonding that can happen and the slowing down that can happen Mm -hmm. as a result. Mm -hmm. One of our kids favorite memories is there's a neighborhood park and we found a bunch of huge sticks And they were trying to figure out how to make a tent. And so instead of, you know, the parents coming in and being like, okay, this is how we're going to do it and blah, blah, blah. We were just showing them a little bit about balance and like, hey, what if you were to put the sticks in a certain way and instead of using all of them, maybe using half of them. And so they were like, oh, 
okay. And so for the next few hours, they were engaged in their own imaginary place where mm, I would think really it was cool. Little House on the Prairie and they <laughs> were awesome. hunting and, you know, gathering and cooking. And it was just really awesome to see. Mm. Hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So well, we really do just want to encourage you to try some of the things that we've talked about, really, but have a discussion, have a discussion with your spouse, have a discussion with maybe your friends uh, or, or, or others that you typically would process this kind of stuff with and and really don't feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if there's anything that you take away from the podcast is you don't have to compare yourself with your neighbors. If your mm-hmm. kids, if, if, if the neighbor's kids get into the advanced placement program or in, into the special gifted program and your kids don't, don't feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. You know, create experiences that they're not getting at school, but create experiences like that at home. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. I mean, really don't, don't compare yourself with them because I mean, it's, that's a never ending game. Mm-hmm. Right? It's they're, a very slippery slope. It really is. It really is. Uh, because our self-worth cannot come from what we own, right? Our self-worth cannot come from what we have and what we've done because it's never going to be enough, mm-hmm. right? So that's why as Christians, I mean, that's that's it's a huge part of our identity as being the beloved children of God mm-hmm. where we don't deserve any of it. We haven't earned our right to be loved by God, but he just loves us as is. Exactly. It's the beautiful story of grace. Exactly. So thanks again for listening into our podcast. Next week on episode five, we're going to tackle money saving hacks. Oh, I want to hear these. (laughs) Right. So meal planning, kids clothes, subscriptions, just all these practical things just to save a bit of extra cash Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to purchase things. It's so easy, especially with Amazon, uh, just to let that money fly out the door. So we're going to be exploring some practical money saving hacks. So if you have not yet subscribed to our podcast, please do so. Share the podcast with your friends on social media. Tag us at In Between Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We would love to connect with you. We know your time is valuable. So thanks for listening to the podcast mm-hmm. and for helping us get the word out. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast. Two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.